0: our first couple of years of like Saturday mornings, it's like you get up early and you get a lot of things done an impressive amount of things. And really you're looking at your weekend and you're thinking, what are all the things we're going to accomplish today, you know, and this weekend and and, and look at this gift of time to just get a lot of things done. And then like, I'm like, am I going to wake him up? Like why is he still <laughs> sleeping? And then he's wanting to watch sports center. Yeah, my and
1: Saturdays is about getting up in time for the 11 o'clock football know, just making sure I don't miss any of the college game day, you know, so that gets 10, so 10 uh, (laughs) o'clock Central Time.
2: Hello, welcome to the Art Espousing Podcast. We are thankful that you are taking time to listen to the show. Today, we're excited to share a conversation that we had with our good friends, Justin and Andrea Lathrop.
3: Yeah, we've known Justin and Andrea for several years now, and they really are some of the best people we know. Justin serves as the vice president for strategic partnerships at Southeastern University. Prior to joining the SCU team, Justin served as the director of strategic relations for the Assemblies of God Church and has worked with several other great organizations like Leadership Network and Convoy of Hope. If you've heard the statement, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, well, we think everyone is like Six Degrees. From Justin Lathrop.
2: Which makes sense that he's in strategic partnerships in any organization.
3: Exactly. He's Everybody knows Justin.
2: That's right. And Andrea is an amazing mom and influential leader. She has served as an executive pastor at two large churches and has just recently finished her doctorate in ministry and leadership and global perspectives from Portland Seminary pretty fancy.
3: That's amazing. We're truly thankful that they have agreed to process their relationship dynamic in the light of the Enneagram.
2: We are hopeful by adding this Enneagram aspect to the Art of Spousing podcast, we will encourage you and increase your marriage momentum. The Enneagram is a tool of empathy and learning. This model of the personality fosters growth and self-awareness, spouse awareness, and couple awareness. In marriage, the Enneagram provides an opportunity to identify patterns in the way your spouse responds and behaves and positions you to shift interactions within your everyday life, increasing strength and reducing ways you may inadvertently weaken your relationship without even knowing it.
3: But before we jump into the conversation, we want you to hear about an exciting opportunity that we believe will take your marriage from good to great. If you're looking for that one thing that could be the game changer for your relationship, then the Marriage Reboot Retreat is just for you.
2: If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and reengage to pursue their life purpose together.
3: The Marriage Reboot Retreat by Marry for a Purpose is a private, intensive experience for you and your spouse working exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days. At the end of the two days, you will walk away with a unified purpose for your marriage and a holistic vision for your marriage and family, supported with a real action plan.
2: If you would like to find out more information about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with James and I, and we will tell you more about it. The link is in the show notes, or you can direct message us on Instagram at Art and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call.
3: Justin Andrews, so good to see you guys. How are you all doing?
2: are doing,
1: doing great. Doing great. Excited to uh, be with you guys too.
3: Well, we've been friends for a long time and it's just really great to have you on the podcast with us and talking all things Enneagram today. But before we do that, we'd love for you to just maybe share about your marriage. Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Sure. We've been married 22 years. We met uh, in college about 25 years ago. I can remember the day I saw her for the first time. It was a welcome uh, meeting for the college. And I was in my second year. She was in her first year, even though she was a sophomore she came here after me. The day I met her, I actually broke up with my girlfriend that I was in a relationship with. She was on the road traveling in a singing group for the university. And so can't say that like I knew I was going to marry her and that's why I broke. I just uh, knew that there was something more, I guess, would be the way to say it. And so, twenty-two years now, it's never, never a bad day in all of those years. Oh, wow, <laughs> 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 At
3: least for me. I don't know, I don't know what
1: she. Thinks, We're gonna but.
0: get into that with the enneagram. It, yeah, that's but, right. Never a yeah. bad day. Um, yeah, he he told that very beautifully, but uh, <laughs> but we broke up a lot, you know, multiple times in our dating. And by we, lives. she broke up with me. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but best decision i've made outside of choosing to follow jesus so let marry justin
1: yeah i think in the beginning years and this may come up later as we talk more on enneagram stuff i mean it was just hard for andrea to um, get her mind wrapped around settling for any you know anything any person would be settling you know she had this dream of being a missionary and single and in the African bush and whatever, and so you know, I can remember when she asked me when we were dating. This is one of the breakup stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'd be willing to go overseas and do missions someday, and I said, I mean, maybe London—that like, <laughs> would be probably the extent. <laughs> and so, so that didn't. So that was there. a breakup. Easy, yeah. Easy
0: button.
1: So just figuring out, you know, what that means. I mean, calling and and you know, you're. 20 years old and you have no yeah. idea. You just think, you know, this is, I thought I was going to be a youth pastor for the rest of my life. I didn't make that three years, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's just, you kind of learn, I think over the years, you know, finding out who we are and how we can accomplish, you know, God's will in our lives as a, as a couple and individuals, but within the context of our marriage mm-hmm. versus knowing, thinking we have to do something crazy on our own to please God or something.
3: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: So how long are you guys married before you started having kids?
1: Three years, three and a half years,
0: four. four. Yeah,
2: four. Justin would have been happy if that had happened
0: really early on. And I think I would have been devastated. So we compromised Mm it like four years.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he was ready and I I needed more time. I was wondering if you did some mission work during there just to decide, like, are we going to be in the mission field or not in those four years? Are you like, no, before you got married, was that over that dream over? I think so. I
0: mean, part of it goes into my story of having a really low view of God and the pain that kind of stems from that. So really, it was more about trying to please what I saw as a very angry, disappointed father. And I I just had a really low view of God. And so I'm thinking this is the only chance I stand is to do that kind of sacrifice or that kind of work. The greatest gift Justin has been in my life was to kind of model for me imperfectly of course the like unconditional love and that it wasn't based on my performance mm-hmm. and me and and all that I which ties into my my enneagram number 2 I can see that now so we kind of set that aside for a while and I've gotten to travel a good bit I've I've been a missions pastor I still have that kind of stuff in my heart but just feel very open to how that looks as opposed to more of a formula
2: early on and assuming I knew. I love it that you actually didn't give up a dream, which is how I set up the question, is you didn't. God still had that for Mm -hmm. you. And and you get Justin. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's a a win-win. Win-win all around. (laughs) Well, you guys are an amazing model of marriage because we know so many couples who know you, younger couples, who they look up to Mm -hmm. you. And we talk about are the spouses. You guys really are doing it so well and such a model of a marriage that that people can look up to. So it's, it's just awesome to hear your story.
2: Okay, so... Andrea, as we were talking earlier, I have in my mind that you're a certain number, even though you don't identify as that number. And it's just, it's like, it's, I can't get around it. And you're like, actually, Lisa, I don't identify as that number. But I would love for both of y'all just to tell us what number most resonates with you in Enneagram. Our listeners know all the one through nine. I've already recapped that information. So what do you identify with?
1: Yeah. So I guess I'll go first on that. For all of our marriage, when it comes to assessments, Myers-Briggs and disc and I don't even know different animals beavers and (laughs) and and whatever
0: yeah she is
1: uh she's always just kind of Done the assessment for me in her own mind and just told me what I was, um, which I was just felt like was just easier for everybody. That <laughs> um, says a lot about so as, of, <laughs> as of yesterday was my first time taking Enneagram, even though she's been telling me for the most part I'm a nine. She every once in a while wavers and and says something that I don't understand or that's very five. or whatever. <laughs> um, So I did take it and did come out with a nine wing one and did a, did a lot of high lot, I mean. Fifteen to twenty minutes of reading mm. on that. So oh, wow! Really it gone deep diving in on <laughs> yeah. that stuff, and and it definitely, yeah, definitely resonated. You know, with me when I read it. Going, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I think what that's the point is you look at yeah. it and go, oh yeah, that's totally me or whatever. So that's that was where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Quick defense of that Ooh. is that Lisa, you probably told you know everyone that you know you don't try to analyze other people or right. use it that right. way so i'm more read to justin you know what recommendation. You think about what i just read <laughs> you know this, this chapter i just read on nine or uh, that sort of thing and tried to have deeper conversations with him about it so
2: andrea i have to ask you a question because i am perplexed about number one justin said you know he's like andrea did this for me which feels so nine of you just right but i want to hear where one sh- shows up with you justin if you don't know because you only did 20 minutes reading i'm just (laughs) or (laughs) because I, I, I don't know that I would have seen that, but I'm trying to think of the work you do and the relationships you have and how you navigate. I'm just wondering where one shows up. And if you don't know, Andrea can speak for you.
1: Yeah, I don't know other than, you know, and that was the first time after taking the test. I don't think we've ever really gone into wings when we've been talking. But when I read some of the results and kind of the the, the assessment one I took had a really deep dive into the wing side and how important. And I think I could be wrong on this, but it even said that maybe the nine wing one, the wing was a little bit more important than other wings. Again, I don't know why that would be. And what, what it said about it did help me go. Oh, yeah, I do think that that is Something for me. I don't know. Do you? Do you? What? Well, I don't know what a one is. So, do you, see, <laughs> do you see the wing? Do you see the wing there?
0: I know. I thought that was very interesting too. And Lisa, we'll have to talk about this more at our next coffee date mm-hmm. because one of the notes that he had highlighted was around the one kind of helps the nine serve others more mm-hmm. and kind of move into action. And
1: yeah, yeah. No, that, that so, does make sense. And now that you're saying that, it kind of reminds me of what I read. Yeah. I mean, I do think I am, you know, definitely that peacemaker, definitely don't, you know, look to avoid conflict, which, you know, also has to do with some of my upbringing stuff. And, but I am definitely an active, I mean, I'm a get it done person. So it's yeah. like, I'm not, I don't like to, not a, um, phlegmatic in the way I work. I want to accomplish things. And, and so I don't know if that plays into it or I don't know where that comes from.
2: I think um, so. Well, you're not, I feel like your nine is so strong that that rigidness of one, cause they can be rigid and legalistic doesn't resonate with me, with you at all. And then even that your other wing option which is eight neither of those so but they're both very action oriented so that does make sense so hmm. that's cool
3: but also both of them deal with anger right as a core emotion yeah. the one would be more towards morality instead morality, of and things not being
2: done correctly right whereas eights would be morale and then nines just pack it and then they explode and shock themselves that they blew up and the person they're blowing up with is like also shocked because right. they've yeah, packed it away for a while. Let's yep. Andrew where
1: we'll get so much more information <laughs> and insights. No,
2: no, no.
0: Sure okay, so <laughs> yeah. I resonate most with the three and the achiever with a very strong two wing. And I was reflecting on how years ago I had to be in my late twenties that I had a a psych major friend give me this Enneagram assessment. I'd never heard of it before and really probably not since for like another 10 years or so. All I remember is that I had come out as the performer. And but I at the time, I thought I kind of like what that is and I feel good with it. And I just wasn't in a place where I was ready to do deeper work with it. And it was a number of years later where it kind of surfaced again and was like ready to like see where the pain was coming from and where my my strategies for getting love and approval were coming from. So it still kind of hits this deep space in, in me um, about this need to achieve and to be so conscious of what other people are thinking of me.
2: You know, I think one of the things I've just demonstrated in marriage right here is that even though Justin isn't reading up on that at the same time, Andrew, you're not like putting judgment in on him, but you're actually assessing and leading probably with him as a nine and appreciating those things about what he brings, the strengths. And it just gives language to identify. I think sometimes one or the other, it's not always females, but you know, that we get that in our mind we want to grow, we want to learn, and then we push it on a spouse to do like, you need to read about yourself. <laughs> and so yeah. it's, it, yeah. which would not be a good idea, you know? So I love how this models that, which is part of what we wanted to do is to say, Sometimes our spouse isn't going to do all the assessments, but we do it for them. And then we learn and then we go, oh, I can shape this. And so it's really a beautiful measuring because
1: I mean, there's no doubt that I mean, her understanding uh, those things better than me just has helped our marriage in the sense of she just knows how I'm going to react to things and why I react to them that way. It doesn't necessarily mean it's always like she has a good response to that, but at least. Yeah. She understands. Um, and so I, I could definitely sense part of that was through counseling, part of that through assessments. But just when we started to kind of figure out each other and how we respond to you know, whether it's conflict or the good things in our lives and how that is different. Like we do it differently completely. I mean, it's yeah. it's, <laughs> it's very obvious. And I think in the early years it was annoying to her I mean, it might still be annoying, but, like, but outwardly she would respond to that. And I would too. And then, as you kind of get older and figure out, you know, whether you know, environment or just upbringing or personality type, we just have ways of responding, and it's not bad or good; it's just different. And that's that's been one of the biggest things that's helped our marriage is mm-hmm. having an understanding around that. I remember our going to counseling for the first time. We were five years into marriage, and it wasn't like we were on the brink of divorce, you know. And mm-hmm. but it was just, yeah, it was definitely not great. And I, we heard mm-hmm. our pastor say he was going to counseling at our church and it was just so foreign to me. I mean, my mom was a counselor growing up in the home. Like she had crazy people sitting on my living <laughs> couch waiting for an appointment with her. Like, that's <laughs> all I knew of counseling. And I'm like, that's not, uh, I mean, we're not crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. and going to a counselor, I mean, she was so excited because it was like, they're going to fix me so yes. quick. <laughs> and I mean, we went every week for maybe six weeks to start, and like, all he wanted to do was talk about Andrea. It was so great. Like she was like, man, let's just, she thought we were going to just deal with this. So let's just go, let's just work with her on this. And I sat there and loved every minute of it. But the thing that was most freeing about that time that comes in the beginning, because we were just struggling is he said to us, Hey, when you go home today from this meeting or this appointment, don't my only homework to you is not to work on your marriage. And it was so boring. I mean, I was like, what? I mean, we're just trying so hard. Of course, she's reading books to get better. <laughs> I'm just going, well, I guess this is not going to be great. And him saying that he's like, you've been, you've had five years, you haven't figured it out. Let's just meet every week for a few weeks. And then, then we'll look at it. But let me give you the tools first, before uh-huh. you start evaluating after one hour of counseling, whether or not you got this all figured out. And that just, that was a game changer for me, especially, I'm sure for both of us, but just knowing that pressure was off that I got to fix all this stuff for her this next week. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble.
2: Well, I, I love that because there's so much work that's been done. Obviously, when we're talking about any or any kind of assessment, God does so much work in our lives through other means, whether obviously Holy Spirit working in us and correcting and and us listening and heeding or, or counselors or small groups or people we aspire to be like. But I do think often Enneagram gives language to things that we're like otherwise wouldn't have language around. Yeah. Um. So it helps us be able to actually empathize and understand like as James is an eight, when I see him restraining I know that he's working hard and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. look at that. He didn't say a word. <laughs> so <laughs> he didn't challenge a thing. So or I'm sure if Justin is speaking and sharing feelings, you're gonna stop and listen, Andrea, because okay. obviously as a nine, that's not something he's just gonna share all kinds of words and deep thoughts and feelings. Would that be true, Andrea? That would be true. <laughs> They're fewer and yeah.
1: But I would with that, there's no doubt. I mean, she has I think it's probably not a good thing to give people advice of like how you change your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know that's like the thing not to say when you're getting married is yeah. you know, you're going to change that person. But I mean, watching her over 25 years go deep with people and be willing to say something where everyone, I feel like I'm just going to, let's just end the the time here. Why do we need to do this last, you know, <laughs> encouragement or edification time to this person and being so in, not annoyed to be too strong, but just being bothered by that in the early years, and now, and still being bothered by it, I guess. But now, seeing it and going, okay, this—I mean, it's almost like a what would Andrea do?
3: You know, <laughs> feeling in my mind, and I'm going, okay,
1: I'm going to just step out and say something that I wouldn't normally say. And she has definitely taught me that. And I, it's not in my—it's not natural for me. It's not comfortable. It's never comfortable for me, never once. And. I do see the value in it. And so it's been interesting to say like that to watch that kind of change me over time.
3: I love it. I'm I'm interested going back early in your marriage. You said, you know, after like 5 years you did some counseling. Now I'm knowing a little bit more about the Enneagram and your core types, 9 being the peacemaker, 3 being the achiever, performer. Uh, what did your relationship look like around conflict? How did you respond to each other with your types? And you said you learned some skills like now like What are some skills that you've learned? Because conflict still happens, right? So how do you do it differently?
0: Yeah, well, I think for me, it was, well, like, what are all the things we can do to get better? And that was part of the conflict, which is those early years was my frustration over his, what I felt was kind of a lack of effort and productivity and like, you know, let's be the best we can possibly be, you know? And so that unspoken and spoken ways was a lot to put on someone. And of course I wasn't in a healthy place with all that either. So that was really painful. I mean, the, the lighthearted side of it was like our first couple of years of like Saturday mornings, it's like you get up early and you get a lot of things done, an impressive amount of things. And really you're looking at your weekend and you're thinking, what are all the things we're going to accomplish today, you know, and this weekend and, and, and look at this gift of time to just get a lot of things done. And then like, I'm like, am I going to wake him up? Like, why is he still sleeping? And then he's wanting to watch SportsCenter. Center. Yeah, my
1: and- Saturdays is about getting up in time for the 11 o'clock football game. <laughs> oh. you know, just making sure I don't miss any of the college game. Day, exactly. You know. So that gets 10. So 10 yeah. o'clock Central Time, that is. Um, I think that was, yeah, I mean, that's just a, a glimpse yeah, into, small, what, yeah. you know, a bigger problem probably just on the expectation side and, dealing with conflict but yeah i think in those areas you were just frustrated with me and yeah. i'm going i mean i was at work this week why Why don't I? why wouldn't i sleep in and just i get the day off you know so that was yeah a learning curve for us i think
0: in general it would be like justin's mantra would maybe be like i'm fine or we're good or we're fine you know and i'm like we can be better <laughs> and that's that's a huge difference in, yeah. in seeing the world and kind of approaching the world. And so I think that the Enneagram for me has been, I mean, just such a, a gift. And it's helped me to see the gift that Justin has brought to my life over the long haul, which the non-anxious presence that he is, like the calming part of, like I, I needed it so desperately in my life. I didn't even know how much I needed kind of what he brings to every room and every situation. And so just like he would say, some of my things have shaped him. He has also been a huge shaping force in my life. And I've so appreciated the steadiness of a nine, the calmness of a nine, the like, we're going to be okay. Why don't we just enjoy <laughs> This time together, as opposed to like, let's run around frantically trying to outdo <laughs> ourselves from yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, and all that anxiousness.
1: Yeah. I think the, I mean, the greatest gift I think I have, spiritual gift, well, it's not a spiritual gift, I guess, but is I don't have guilt. I don't struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And so for her, it's always, you know, who should we be going out with today? Or should we, should you post that? Because someone else is going to see that you were at this thing and they didn't get in. I go, I just, it doesn't even, Compute with me. I mean, I tell I tell people, you know, the whole FOMO thing. I have this, I call I turn coined a term foggy, which is fear of getting invited. <laughs> I, walk, I walk around church all Sunday morning with this fogey of making sure we don't get into a situation where we're gonna get invited to oh, something that and I just want to go home. So, so I think I don't know, I think that's off the subject, but you know i just i think i've served her in that way but she's definitely i mean there's no doubt who knows what my life would look like without her when it comes to relationships and going deep with people and having those kind of moments so i'm i'm very grateful
2: yeah so i love that you've actually found that rhythm of that of how it strengthens one another but i, I know with james and i we've found that also for ourselves but at the same time, we have so much more, so much growing to do. But
3: I love oh, yeah, it. We've got still so got some yes. growing. Well, she does. Guess, yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah,
0: Justin's arrived. He's, he's fine.
3: <laughs> I know nines have a tendency to avoid conflict. So w- was that part of the the tension too that that Andrea, you would like? We should be better. We should be better and you know, Justin was just like not engaging in the conflict maybe?
1: Yeah. And it's still, I mean, I think it's still a struggle for me. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I still, uh, I mean, counseling for my, you know, (laughs) conflict avoidance. So, uh, I mean, I hope that it's something I'm, you know, incrementally getting better at, but I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think especially early on him moving away from me, like when I would try to raise issues or frustrations and I would look back and I would have grace for myself, but go, I wasn't doing it in the most loving, gracious way too early on, but to watch him kind of go further away, have fewer words, like avoid more and just, engage more was really painful and i think that's how we kind of ended up going i think we need kind of a third neutral thing because we aren't hearing each other mm-hmm. um at all and i and again the enneagram is this become this like remarkable tool of understanding and empathy and going oh you don't hate me or you're not i'm not overwhelming or too needy or too much or too intense this is who you are what you're wrestling with and what you're you know kind of growing through and and this is where I'm coming from. And so it's kind of helped increase the understanding as opposed to like personalizing some of the things we do in conflict. Yeah.
2: Well, it's interesting because four, fives, and nines withdraw that's a word that would describe them. Yeah. And three sevens and eights are assertive, which is what y'all have beautifully just demonstrated is that Justin withdraw, but the more the assertive person presses in and then the withdrawing comes more. Yeah. And so there's like this banter. um, James and I've worked with a couple. It was, it's actually the same assertive wife, withdrawn husband, and the more she would want him to move toward action, the less he did and the more withdrawn he got. And so they were just in this like,
3: crazy cycle. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I want you to know you're, you're pushing, I'm going to hide, but I want you to drive in. So yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But they were, they're 11 years in, you guys are 22 years in. So you're figuring out the dynamics of that, which is really cool because again, that just gives language to go. Justin isn't just withdrawing because he doesn't love you. He's withdrawing because that's how he's wired. And, And when he leans in and is trying to, and is moving forward to you, then you're like, gosh, he's really working hard. Or if you're trying to settle down and not go you need to be up at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning and get a lot of things done before 10 o'clock. <laughs> the ball yeah. game. Right. Yeah, I love it.
1: I'm more, of, I'm more of a 7.30. She's five, <laughs> five, six. On, you know, morning, but that's my sleeping.
3: You've matured. Yeah, that's my Saturday Look now. at
2: him all grown up. Yes. I know.
3: <laughs> I wanted to highlight something you said there, Andrea, though, is that you understood that that was how Justin is wired. And I think that's the thing that, Lisa I've always loved about this tool is that it is a tool of empathy. Like Mm -hmm. instead of casting blame as why aren't you more like me, it's like, Oh, I, I see how God has made you and I can empathize with What's actually going on inside of you? So instead of feeling like, why is Justin always withdrawing from me? Well, that's how he's made and it's a motivation inside of him. So understanding that. And then I love just the fact of what you guys said, you know, ultimately we talk about drawing the circle around yourself and working on everybody in the circle. And, you know, that's what this tool actually gives the ability Mm -hmm. to do. You know, I remember the first time I saw that I was an eight and, you know, I don't know how you guys responded but A lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's what I am. I was kind of excited about it. It's like, it made sense, mm-hmm. like everything I experienced on my life, but the, then take that knowledge and grow from it and develop myself and not expect that Lisa is going to develop me, but I'm going to grow in it and understand that she's a two. I can also lean in to help her grow and strengthen that part of her life. So
2: Justin, at the beginning of this, you said, I know we're not supposed to like help our spouses change, but the truth is that shouldn't be our motivation, but it is beautiful when it just happens because where you start growing in strength together. And I think this has been a beautiful modeling of how you two have leveraged one another's strengths to grow stronger, you know, And I would say that it's the same with James and myself as an eight. He doesn't have a hard time moving toward action and deciding things. I have a very hard time as a two making those decisions and moving. And he's given me courage to do that and go you can do it even if you mess up it's all it's going to be good you'll be moving forward and y'all's relationship is beautiful and we've got to see it firsthand and right up close and personal so appreciate you guys
3: yeah thank you today for being on the podcast looking forward to just continue watching your art espousing flourish as you are impacting the world and so many people are looking up to you guys so thank you guys
1: we love you guys we love you guys Yeah, so grateful these years of friendship and know there's a lot more to come
3: well there you go thanks again Justin and Andrea and thank you for listening we would love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what we shared today You can email us at hello at art or direct message us on instagram at art
2: If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review
3: Hope you will join us next week We're going to be talking about how to avoid small fractures in your relationship from becoming catastrophic issues
2: we have a great example for that. That's you're not going to want to miss it. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Art of Spousing Podcast. Until then, bye bye. bye. bye.